Don't waste the summer months staring at a screen trying to figure out who accepts your vision insurance. Pearl Vision works with all major vision plans, including iMed. Plus, when you bring in the receipt from your last eye exam, they'll apply up to $150 towards a new pair of glasses. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 10-31-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here. Hope you're doing well. So today I want to talk a bit about career anxiety and I want to talk about some of the realizations I've had from an amalgamation of experiences uh, now and over the past year. But just before we get into that, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land today. Also want to just make a quick correction and apologize for uh, last, it was a bit more than last week, a couple of weeks ago, um, one of my episodes I said, I am now in Wulgurukaba country. That's true, but it's also Bindal country as well. So traditional uh, traditional owners and custodians of uh, Townsville include uh, First Nation peoples from both the Bindal people and the Wulgurukaba people. So apologies for that. So like I said, I want to talk a bit about career anxiety, which uh, was a topic that came up or part of what came up on one of my favorite podcasts, uh, the Blind Boy podcast. I've mentioned it on this show before. Um, In relation to COVID-19, how it's affected our perspective on what jobs matter and also what career opportunities there are out there. So I'm going to be asking probably more questions that I'm answering. I guess how I want to structure this, and again, I'm kind of doing this a bit more experimental now, which is why I'm sometimes some of my episodes are a little bit delayed because I'm I'm recording them live rather than uh, using an interview I've previously recorded. Uh, So one of the one of the things that I want to try to do is ask questions and then essentially share my thoughts on that but not in the sense of like this is the answer just in terms of like here's my reflection on these uh ideas and these questions and then you can kind of have a think about you might just completely disagree with me you might somewhat agree with me uh so it's a way to kind of have a conversation that's how I kind of see it it's like I want to um be thought provoking in what I say uh not just like spoon feeding content one because I don't have interest in doing and the amount of research I would need to do to put myself in that position and two I just think that like podcasting isn't that kind of content you know it is something that usually you're listening to a podcast and you're doing something else well that's what I do anyway so like I go for a walk and I listen to a podcast or I'm cooking dinner and I, or I'm listening with my husband and then we stop the podcast and we have a conversation about it so that's kind of where I want to go with episodes like this. And I still do have some interviews uh, coming up as well. But I was looking at the difference in the way 
podcasts are received when I do content like this, which is a little bit more stream of consciousness. And when I do podcasts that are a bit more interview style and it seems like people enjoy these podcasts more. So uh, I really like making them and hopefully you're really enjoying listening to them. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think. So firstly, I want to make a book recommendation that I found super useful. It's it's an old one and I shared it on YouTube a few years ago. Um, one of my favorite books, Status Anxiety by Alain de Botton. And what he talks about in that is sort of essentially like this need that we have or this pressure that we have to achieve a certain status, a certain type of career, a certain type of position in life to deem ourselves successful. And he sort of compares and contrasts that with other times in history where we didn't have a meritocracy. So a lot of places in the West, including Australia, operate off this sort of meritocratic system. This idea that you can achieve whatever you want if you work hard enough, if you're smart enough, um, if you get good enough grades, if you um, network the right way and all that kind of stuff. And the problem, the big problem with that is that it's actually sort of a bit of a facade. It's sort of like the same as saying we have a democracy. It's like, do we really have a democracy or do we just think we have a democracy? We do some things that are democratic. It doesn't mean we're in a democratic society which is just more democratic than in you know certain situations without getting too political I mean in Australia for for example a lot of Australians listening to this would know this and people overseas I'm sure you could think of examples that are similar or parallel um, in Australia we have like a, a handful of people who basically own and make money off Australian resources um, through mining and things like that. So um, they don't, they have, there's all these tax breaks that they get. And yes, they have to pay people to obviously operate those mines. But at the same time, a lot of that money just goes into the pockets of a handful of people. And those resources are non renewable resources, resources we can never get back. Um, and the fact that they don't get taxed very much means that um, the Australian people as a whole don't really benefit from us doing these activities. Um, that's one, one lens of looking at it. That's how I kind of look at it. And so there's a lot of power in the hands of a few. There's sort of like an oligarchy, but at the same time, we say that Australia is a democracy. Um, Similarly, with a meritocracy, this idea that you can work your way up into a position of power um, only really works for certain groups of people and only works for people. Like studies show that like one of the biggest predictors of success is whether or not your parents have success in terms of like money, wealth, status, etc. success in terms of what society generally deems successful in terms of those things um generally their parents are tertiary educated uh they read um they can predict it off like a bunch of bunch of like sort of factors that indicate socioeconomic positions in society so essentially we say there's social mobility but there isn't that much social mobility and 
in the book um, Status Anxiety, Elaine de Bodden kind of talks about this in more detail, about this idea that we have to work our way up, but the chances of any of us just becoming Bill Gates is very, very unlikely. Um, another book that's a really great one to read in terms of this is Outliers um, by Malcolm Gladwell, and he talks about this a bit as well, this idea that you can't you can't be, you know, and this this was uh, when Steve Jobs was still alive as well, this idea that like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates went to the same high school and they went to a high school that had one of the earliest computers. You know, they were doing software development before anyone was really doing software development. Um, so the idea of saying like anyone can do this is is really um, misleading. And what happens, taking it to the career anxiety piece, what happens is we, we kind of can tell ourselves this story where it's like unless I'm super wealthy like Bill Gates is or unless I'm super powerful like one of those mining families are, then I am not really successful and I can't really be happy. And if we take it down a notch, if we take it down to say, okay, yeah, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a billionaire. I don't want to be a billionaire, but you know, I'd like to live comfortably. Um, I, you know, I'd love to have a few million, right? I'd like to be a million, not a multi, not a crazy multi, multi-millionaire, but I'd like to have a few million dollars that are, that are there for me, right? We're still talking about a very like high standard of living and again climbing your way into that position isn't it's not the same for everyone there's people who already have jobs waiting for them that make a stack of money because of who they know Uh, so there's this kind of like we've had this focus on career and success relating to wealth and relating to this sense of accomplishment by getting to a certain position in in society by working hard enough to benefit from a meritocratic system but the system isn't really there the system is a bit of a facade and so a lot of people walk around feeling like they're not really successful um, and they can't really enjoy life because they haven't reached a position that actually they would never be able to reach because of all of the things I was just talking about. But the other thing I think that's happened in terms of career is that over, and I said I was going to ask questions, (laughs) so let me ask this question. What jobs do we value as a society or what jobs did we value as a society 20 years ago, 10 years ago? So like when I was growing up, I'm 31 now, when I was growing up, the jobs that were kind of like, oh yeah, you'd be really successful was like if you were a doctor, if you were an engineer, if you were doing something in software. Uh, And also there was a little bit of like that running your own business thing as well. You will be successful if you run your own business and you can be your own boss or you can be in charge of other people. Um, There was also, I think though, um, 
as well this idea that you know you could go to university and you could get a corporate job and this corporate job would be well paying it would be secure and you would work your way up and eventually you would be in a senior management position where you oversaw teams now what those corporations did and what that job looked like was kind of like secondary to this idea that you could get a job that's in a big building in the city and um, and you'd live in the city and you would make enough money to live comfortably. And I think that, you know, so, so for instance, working in a bank, you know, like for me personally, I didn't grow up with that as much because both of my parents ran small businesses. But in terms of like school and university and, you know, the kind of things you would see at career day and stuff, it was very much about like, oh, you know, like working at McKinsey or working in a, in a big consulting company, working at a bank, working in something where you didn't really understand what the job actually involved, but it was like, oh, wow, like, yeah, you'd work with this brand that you kind of, you know, you you know about telecom as, telecoms as well, you know, it kind of like seen as these jobs where you would just have them for years and years and years and, um, yeah, I think you guys get what I mean. So I'm curious because this is my experience, like when you were growing up, what jobs did you feel like society valued and what jobs didn't they value? So, for instance, I kind of remember thinking it would be cool to be a teacher but it was also kind of seen as like, and this is not my opinion on it, I think teachers are very important, but it was sort of like, oh, yeah, like failures go and become teachers like because they can't do it themselves. So like they just, you know, teach other people. Uh, yeah, you know, primary school and high school especially was sort of like, oh, yeah, um, which I think is is really bad because <laughs> we education is so, so important. Um, but in Australia, I think there still is a bit of that that attitude. Um, and yeah, you know, or council workers being working for the council, um, you know, doing garbage collection or working in a supermarket behind um, the checkout, those kinds of things are seen as like, oh, like, you know, if you work hard, you should never have to do a job like that. You know, so there was this kind of like, oh, that that's not as good you know, that people who do that aren't as good. This idea of like your worth being tied to what you, what marks you got, what grades you got and then what university you went to and then um, what school you went to even before that and then um, after that what, what job you got. Um, so I just think it, it's interesting to reflect on from this position. It's interesting to reflect on from this position where we've been through COVID um, and then we've seen what jobs were considered quote unquote essential jobs, um, jobs that have to be done, jobs that you can't do from home, um, but regardless of the label and how we talk about it, we know that there were people that had to go to work to make sure that our society could continue functioning, that people could continue eating, that people could continue getting medical care that people could continue having their garbage collected, things like that, right? So that's kind of the next question I want us to think about is like what jobs do we value or what jobs did we value as a society during the pandemic? What, what, and what was the difference there? So what, 
jobs did we value before and then what what jobs did we value during lockdown? And in different countries, different countries are in different situations. Where I am, things have pretty much gone back to normal. Um, I'm going to a footy game this evening. Um, There's no COVID-19 in this area as far as we're aware. And, like, I'm doing that completely, like, following the rules and the restrictions. Like, um, that's where I am now in Queensland. Um, In Sydney, it was a little bit stricter. And then I know, obviously, um, in Victoria, things have been a lot stricter. And then overseas, things have been different as well. Um, Massively different, especially in the States. And now things are starting to change. But so during and for some people now still going through things like lockdown, and restrict and and stricter tighter restrictions what jobs have become important and how did that make you feel about your particular career and what you have been doing in your life for me I had like so many existential crises during 2020 like I had thought that what I was doing, I, I, and I think, you know, honestly, I think I kind of bullshitted myself a little bit. I thought that what I'm doing is really meaningful. But when I think about it, I'm like, was it really that meaningful? Did it really matter that much? Um, and I think the answer is yes and no. I think that sometimes when I worked with certain clients, I really did feel like what I was doing was valuable. But when I worked with other clients, I really didn't. I felt like we were trying to force ourselves to think that what we did was meaningful and uh, in, in some way and valuable to society in some way. And actually, you know, when I take a more kind of macro view of things, sometimes I look back and think, oh, no, that was actually really damaging um, for society. When I really think about like weighing up the pros and cons and kind of putting a bit of an effective altruism lens on it, was that really doing any good? Did that really actually help anyone? Sometimes the answer was no. And so I really struggled with that in 2020 because I was thinking like, oh, you know, like I've I've achieved all these things. I'm so great. I've been running a business. I get to create all this content. I like my life. Um, I can be my own boss. I can um, get on podcast shows and I can talk about all these clever things and la 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 la. And then um, when when I kind of suddenly was like, fuck, I like don't really have that much work and I can't really see myself getting much work for a while. Uh, then I was like, I've just been like deluding myself. Like I've just been, and, and I don't mean that, like I'm fine. I'm not saying that as in like, oh, this is so hard. Like I am so glad that I had that wake up call like in myself. I'm so glad that I took the time to like feel those feelings and question what I was doing because like in a lot of ways it did tick the boxes of things that I was told growing up were important. Like you should be your own boss and run your own business and be independent of other people. They were values that my parents brought me up with um, and to some extent my extended family and people around me. When I left my last job to go and start my own business, same thing. I was like, wow, like you're starting your own business. That's so amazing. Like good on you. That's awesome. You know, I've had all of this like positive 
feedback and recognition and validation for doing this job. But when I think about it, when I stopped and thought about it, I was like, no, probably the most meaningful stuff I've done has been more on like the free stuff that I do. I actually was like, no, I think the free stuff that I and the the interviews and the conversations and the people I spoke to in 2020 and the little extra things I did on the side, um, it like sometimes volunteering and things like that, like that was actually way more meaningful and purposeful than the stuff I was doing to getting that I was getting paid to do. And I kind of mentioned this the other day when I talked about bisexuality and entrepreneurship and sort of that wake up call there for me as well. Um, So I'm glad that I thought through that, but then I was kind of in this situation where I did have career anxiety because I was like, far out. I've just worked for the last like four and a half years on this business. And now I don't know if I want to run it anymore. And what does that mean for my career as a whole? You know, people who've been in lockdown might not even really be able to do their job at all, you know, especially in things like entertainment. Um, If you can't act, if you can't be on stage, Um, people who play sport as well. I have family members who are either um, in professional sports or who commentate on professional sports. And like, yeah, if there's no sport, you can't really do that job, right? On the other hand, while I was sitting at home um, going, what the fuck am I doing with my life? My husband had to go to work every day because he's a doctor. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Um, I have family members who work as teachers. Um, they had to go to work because that was something that we actually needed done. And like, yes, for a while teaching was sort of done remotely, but teachers still had to be there for that as well. How do you make sure the kids have stuff to do while um, they're in lockdown? So, yeah, curious about what you guys found as well during that time. What did that make you think about your career and also did you feel that pressure to be progressing your career and then suddenly you couldn't as well because I think that's the other thing is sometimes it's like we're on this train going nowhere but we're on the train and that's kind of what was going on for me it was like I'm on this train I'm committed to this train and I've just got to double down on this and then I was like fuck no I actually need to jump off this train Um, but it was like the train stopped. So I had the opportunity to get off the platform safely, (laughs) you know, I didn't have to like jump and do some like, um, what's it called where you do that role? I don't know. 
dead, dead roll. You know, you know, the, the, the roll thing. Anyway. Um, so I got off that train and then it was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? What is meaningful? Should I work at all? Because the other thing was I was finding there were all these things, like I said before, that were meaningful. And it was like, if anything, I was like, oh, it'd be really great to see my family. It'd be really great to spend some quality time with my family. And, you know, I wanted to be there for my husband because he was working really hard. So I was like, I started thinking about like, what am I doing in relation to the people around me rather than thinking about or getting sucked into the glamour, even though it's not that glamorous, it's not like I'm some superstar or anything, but there's sort of this glamour in entrepreneurialism, in running your own business and getting asked like a lot. I got asked like every week or every other week to be on a show you know, to be on someone's podcast show because I was putting all this content out there. So I was like, oh, I'm so great. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, I better be – I'm better off being honest because I think we all sometimes feel a little bit like that and I am human and I'm not going to be too hard on myself about that. Um, So I started thinking about things like, all right, cut the bullcrap, Lauren. What – actually makes a difference what would actually help people what's some really cool stuff that's going on and the other thing I started thinking about was what would what will have the greatest impact on the greatest number of people so how do you take an actual good idea that really solves a problem the world needs solved to scale Because I think what I kept doing is thinking I'll do what I want to do and then I'll make up a story that sounds like it's actually doing good for the world, whether or not it really is. And that's kind of a hard thing for me to admit, but that's true. You know, I started thinking, oh, well, like, what do I really want to do? What do I love? Okay, how can I say, how can I tell myself that that's something that's valuable? You know, and it's funny because obviously I'm surrounded by a lot of people who work in, say, like the medical profession, for instance. And I often hear doctors talking about and nurses talking about what they do doesn't really mean that much and doesn't make a difference. And that's so surprising to me because I'm like, yes, it it actually does. You are literally at someone's side. But what they say is things, not all doctors and nurses, but some will say like, yeah, but the thing is, is if I wasn't there, someone else would be doing it. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So there's like, I think there's like something in personal responsibility there as well. And I think maybe that's why we can set up businesses and think they're doing something good, even if they're not. But it's like, but if I wasn't doing this, it wouldn't be happening. Yeah, sure, we have competitors. But again, we can tell ourselves any story we want to try to justify it. So I think now as we move into a, it's like a pre-post-COVID stage, right? As we kind of, the world's taken a pause and we're like, fuck, like things are going to start to actually happen. Like there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I'm talking collectively, obviously, because again, like the world as a whole is going to take, it'll probably take. I don't know, like another year, right, or whatever, for it to kind of emerge out of this, maybe longer, maybe less. I don't know. I'm not an expert in that. But 
you know, when we come out of this, hopefully and not back into some other pandemic, um, what, what are we, are we going to try to get back on those trains? Are we going to try to get back on the train that just kind of is going nowhere? Are we going to recognize that like the world actually really needs some problem solved and it really doesn't need other problem solved. For instance, we don't need more fast fashion. There are entrepreneurs who like are creating new fashion labels, right? And yeah, you could do like an ethically sourced fashion thing. That's completely different. That was very ineloquent, but you guys know what I mean. Or you could be saying that you're not part of the fast fashion problem, but you are actually part of the fast fashion problem. This is something I'm thinking about a lot is like, is there a need to produce something, you know, as a marketer, as a marketer, we use um, promo things, right? We have merch, we, we use merch, we use paper, we use things to promote stuff. Um, when is that okay? And when is that not okay? You know, that's something that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, and how can we do our part to create positive change? Because it might not necessarily be, because like I'm an example of this. I was like, I got off the train and I got onto the platform. I was like, I'm not getting back on that train. But I still run my own business and I still work in marketing. I'm still using all the skills that I was using a year ago. I've just made a shift on like how I do that, right? So now it's like I work with one or maybe two clients at a time. At the moment, primary client I'm working with, which I'm super excited about, um, which I've talked about before as well, is with People Strength. Um, and that's almost like a full-time job. That's like four days a week. That's what I'm doing. But I, I really believe in what we're doing. So it's not that I had to completely give up my career, but I did kind of start looking at, and it's weird because it was like letting go of the career anxiety actually allowed me to get my dream job. You know, it's like I stopped worrying about what everyone else thought and I just put my hand up and I was like, I'm going to look for a job. I'm going to look for a job and I'm going to see where that goes. Um, And I wonder about if everyone stopped and did that, how much things could change. Even let's not say everyone. Let's say if 10 people listening to this, either in the job that they're doing now or in something that they're shifting towards or moving towards, decide to really take a closer look at like, what does the world really need, truly need, and how am I going to do everything that I can to move towards that? If that becomes the goalpost instead of how do I look successful in the eyes of others? How do I deal with my status anxiety and soothe my status anxiety? How much of a difference can that make? And that's what I'm excited to see as we emerge from COVID is like, are, are we going to be making the same mistakes or are we going to start being like, like there is not a lot of time left to do stuff, but like we can, we can, we can. And there are really amazing things happening. I highly recommend subscribing to the happy broadcast Instagram profile, which comes out with like daily news. That is like really encouraging to see what is happening in the world. Like one of the examples that jumps into my head a lot is vertical farming in the Netherlands. Um, like just so innovative. Another one is 
um, the way that Morocco shifted, the way they use, um, way they generate power. So instead of becoming an importer, being an importer of power that had to pay all of this money to get electricity into Morocco, by 2030, they're going to be an exporter of power because they're using solar panels. Um, and so like it's actually economically better for them as well and if you want to get exposed to some like really cool ideas um, check out the world economic forum there's some really really great stuff happening there but if that if that's not your cup of tea if you're like oh that's all it sounds a bit academic happy broadcast you know what I mean like there's every put the the content that like is talking about this stuff if you start putting that into – I kind of think of it almost like the same way we, we, we eat food, right? Like we – if you, we eat good food and we feed our body with good food, then we feel a lot better. We have more energy. We're happier. We're healthier. If we put bad stuff into our bodies, if we drink a lot of alcohol, if we smoke – I'm an ex-smoker. I gave up six months ago. That was that was a big deal for me and it's super hard and I, I know what that – I know what that's like, right? Um, but this is not a podcast about smoking. <laughs> but if we put all this shit into our bodies, then we're not going to feel great. And I think it's the same with our brains, right? So it's like if we start focusing on like if we change our perspective on what success looks like to, yeah, sure, I want to earn a living, but you know what? I want it to be for doing something positive in the world. I don't want it to be for something that is uh, negative or meaning like we just can't afford for people to be doing meaningless work we, we can't afford that anymore um so I think for ourselves our well-being and for society it's kind of a win-win if we start shifting that focus put better stuff into our brains, stuff that's actually going to make us think positively about the future and how we can make a positive impact and how we can do everything we can for like, I mean, we're talking like in my lifetime, I'm 31 in my lifetime, my little brother's 17, um, kids growing up now, like the world will look very different if we don't, and it's going to happen quickly. And we've already seen it. We've already seen the weather, the pandemic, like we've, we've seen what's happened as a result of us closing a blind eye, turning a blind eye, turning a blind eye, closing a blind eye wouldn't really make a difference, turning a blind eye to climate change. Um, but I'm not just talking about climate action here as well. So for instance, like I think mental health is so, so important because, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, but if we take care of people's mental health, then we're much more likely to see people start to think outside of their own um, I've got to survive issues and start thinking about how can I contribute. And that's a positive upward, um, you know, it's the opposite of a downward spiral. It's an upward spiral because it's like I feel better I'm taking care of other other people. I'm thinking about other things. That means that I'm going to feel even better and then I'm going to have more energy to start and I don't mean this in like a martyr way I don't mean this as in like oh I'm just going to do everything for everyone else I don't mean it like that I mean in the sense of filling the cups that we need to fill as humans like connecting with other people 
That's why I'm so passionate about working with people strength. Doing things that make a difference. That's what humans want to do. That's what sets us on fire in a good way, (laughs) in a good way. You know, that's what actually engages us. Um, That's what makes us be able to be, it's like we're putting the oxygen mask on for ourselves and then we're able to put it on for other people too. So um, I think that, and this is again a question, is like what can we do to be part of positive change and how do we, like that thing that I end every podcast episode with, sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. I really believe that. What are your talents and how can you share them with the world? How can you make the the world the better world how can you make the world a better place by sharing those talents and getting real about that like we don't have time for people to it what we do it's like we don't have time for people to spend the next 10 years arming and ahhing about whether or not they're talented everyone has a talent everyone has a talent and it can be in small things and it can be in big things you can be the person who's making someone's day better while you're working in a supermarket and that was the fucked up thing about the way that I was raised and the way that so many other people were raised is like that person who can make a difference might work at Coles or Woolworths but they also might be the person who's helping out people that are in a really bad way walking into those stores or staff members who are feeling really disheartened or depressed or going through a rough time. There are so many ways that we can be having an impact. It doesn't matter about the status of the job. What matters is that wherever we're at, we're feeling engaged. So for me, for instance, I feel like I have the most impact when I can think strategically because I am quite a strategic thinker. And I also love to talk to people. So when I'm able to really engage with someone and be fully present, it's like I can see all of these opportunities and I can start piecing together where we we can use someone's talents or where we can make an impact. That's actually something I really, really love to do. Um, And that's why I wanted to do this podcast because there's a really, really simple tool and I've used this when I've done some mentoring with university students and I've also used this with a few people I've coached as well, um, which is like super, super simple. Um, It's called the Ikigai and I think I've mentioned it on this show before. I've done a video on YouTube about the Ikigai and you can find loads of stuff about this as well. I also have a downloadable. If you go to laurencrest.com and you check out my free resources section, there's like a downloadable resource on the Ikigai. But what this basically is, Ikigai means reason for being in Japanese. And it's about looking at these four key parameters of uh, what you want to do with your life, right? So one is like, what do I love to do? Two is like, what am I good at? Three is what is going to make me money? And four is what does the world need? Because I could do all those three things, but if I'm not doing what the world needs, I'm not going to be feeling like I'm actually doing meaningful work. And it's not about, and this was the thing I used to do, is I do work out those three and then I kind of tack the fourth one on as in the end as like 
oh, I can kind of tell, like I said before, I can kind of tell a story that makes it sound like the world needs it. No, genuinely does the world need it. If you were doing what you're talking about at scale, would it cause more harm or good? How would it cause good? And can you justify it given everything that's going on in the world? I think if everyone did that, the world would be a much, much better place. We need humans to solve problems, but we need humans to be looking at what those problems are. And it's almost like I often use my two hands to explain this or illustrate this. So I hold up my right hand and I'm like, this is where everyone thinks success is. This is where people think, oh, that's going to be like, that's where the money is. That's where everyone's going to be like, wow, look at that person. Look at the car they drive. Look at the house they have. Look at the school their kids go to, et cetera, et cetera, all that bullshit, right? Oh, yeah, amazing. Like, look at all this status. And then I hold up my left hand and I'm like, and these are the problems that could make and break us in the, over the next 10, 20, 30 years. And all of the stuff that's giving people what I'm holding in my right hand is not the stuff that's dealing with everything going on in my left hand. And I think that we need to find ways to bring those two things together because actually you can have a great job and be doing meaningful work. And that's what we're seeing more and more and more of. So get inspired. Look at what people are doing. I want to have more people on the show this year who are examples of that kind of work where we see them and we go, fuck yeah, you are like actually every time you make money, the world is a better place for it. That's really, really exciting. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of what I've been thinking about. And I know I didn't really talk too much about career anxiety as a whole, um, but I think you guys know what I mean, right? We've all felt that stirring of like, what am I doing with my life? Is this something I really want to be doing? Does this matter? So I want to wrap this up and ask you a question. I want to know how you're feeling about your career and I want to know about where you want to get to next. So tweet with me at laurencress89. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm sometimes on Instagram, but not that often. And I've pretty much just gotten away from Facebook. I really don't like spending my time there if I can help it. Um, but LinkedIn is good. LinkedIn, send me a message. That's the best way to reach out to me. I'd love to know about how you're feeling about your career, what's going on for you, what you want to do next. And if you want to have a chat with me as well, like as in um, an actual conversation, let me know. I'm very open to doing that. I've spoken to a lot of people about their career, their career progression, because this was stuff I worried about from the time I was super little. And when I was little, what I worried about was like, can I, am I going to wake up in the morning and feel like I'm looking forward to going to work? That's what I thought about. Right. Um, now I think about can I wake up and want to go to work because what I do actually fucking matters. Uh, and I think that I wouldn't have gotten as honest with myself. I wouldn't have called bullshit as much on myself if the pandemic hadn't happened. And the pandemic was shit and I'm definitely not saying it was a good thing, but it happened. So we may as well juice what we can out of it for good, right? And that was that was the one of the silver linings for me. All right. So that's it from me for today. 
Apologies for the delay in getting this episode over to you. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, And until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with Geico or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with Geico. Bundling is easy with Geico. Just ask your neighbors.